You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. Father, let your praise be revealed in your word. As it comforts, may it broke, break every stony heart. May it give us the heart of flesh. May it equip us. May it prepare us to become the victorious men and women that you have made us to be. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our message today is learn from Israel's wilderness experience. Learn from Israel's wilderness experience. Last Wednesday, we tried to introduce this message. Israel's deliverance from the bondage of Egypt is likened to the Christian life today. Their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt and their early journey through the wilderness can be likened to the life of every Christian today. First Corinthians chapter number 10, we'll read from verse number 1 to 5. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Five. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I told us there are some lessons we need to learn from the journey of the Israelites from the moment that God delivered them from the land of bondage and their early journey through the wilderness into the promised land. Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, said to the church, I don't want you to be ignorant. If you read the preceding chapter, which is chapter verse 9 and towards the end of that verse, you discover that Apostle Paul was talking about our journey into the kingdom, into the promised land. He says, strive. Mind you that whoever engages himself in a race, prepares himself, goes through obstacles. In those days when Rangers was Rangers International, when we have the likes of Daniel Omar Kachir, they call him the bull or the bulldog, whatever it is. Why did they give him that name? He never succumbs to tackle. Other players would like to fall to attract penalty and all that. Daniel never succumbs to tackle. He fights. You tackle, he moves. And Apostle Paul says, so also, it is for anyone who wants to make this kingdom. 
Say fight, struggle to enter. And so by the Spirit of God, Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, he said, I do not want you to be ignorant of this fact. That I journey into the promised land, the promise that God has made to us, can be likened to the deliverance of Israel from the land of bondage. And their early journey through the wilderness. Say, I want you to know this. I don't want you to be ignorant of this fact. The lessons I want us to learn from this is number one, how that they were fed by the Spirit of God. But number one is God's divine presence that was with them. We need to learn how they walked with God's presence. Their baptism into Moses. Their feeding in the wilderness. We also have to, we're going to look into also how that most of them disappointed him. They fell by the roadside. The Bible said that God was not pleased with them. Their exodus, by the way, was God's plan. It was God's plan. It was God predetermined. God said there will be a time that we are going to go. They will go into the land of captivity. But after a while, he was going to deliver them. To take them into the land where he has promised them. Their journey was under the pillar of cloud and fire. And this depicted the presence of God. So the presence of God was with them in the form of the pillar of cloud by day. And by night, it became the pillar of fire. Exodus 13, verse 21 to 22. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire, to give them light so that they could travel by day and or night. 22. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. What makes our dispensation today different from the dispensation of old is that then, whenever God wanted to use any man, the spirit comes upon him for a while, for a season. And then leaves him or her. But under this new dispensation, we are better in the spirit of God. The Bible said that this spirit, therefore, lives and dwells in us all the time. That is why I always tell us that Christian religion is so unique and different from every other religion. Because Christian religion is the only religion that says that the worshiper carries the thing he worships inside of him. Others go to worship something they see, they look at. But we are the carrier, we carry what we worship. The spirit of God is inside of us. We carry him all the way, every step of our life as believers. So in their time, the Bible says that God came 
to lead them with his presence in the form of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If your journey in life must be easy, then you need God's presence. Life without God's presence is life of struggle. Life of struggle. Because if the presence of God is with you, you understand where you are going. You understand your direction. Proverbs 3 says, and you must acknowledge him in all your ways. When God's presence is at work, when you are carrying God's presence along in your life as a child of God, everything is made easy. Because you know where you are going. You know that the one who is leading you knows the way. And you relax. I think I've told us a story about a young man who was in a train. And the train was moving at a very high speed. Everybody were afraid. And then an older man had the one small boy seated by his side. And he turned to the small child and said, are you not afraid? The way the train is running. The boy smiled and said, no, I'm not afraid. My daddy drives the train. What a confidence. My daddy is the one driving the train. Why should I be afraid? So when the presence of God is with you in your journey through life, you have nothing to be afraid of. Good time, you present. Bad time, you are still waiting for his miracle to come to pass. He does not fail. He has never failed any man. The journey was not an ordinary movement of a group of people because of God's presence, which is the Holy Spirit. When God's presence is in your movement, it will not be an ordinary movement anymore. When God's presence is leading a group of people, their movement will no longer be an ordinary movement. Because a powerful being is there to guide them. The presence of God was so important during the movement of the Israelites. In that scripture, God said to Moses, because he called Moses, whom he had prepared a long time ago. Long time ago, preparing him. He said, I have heard the cries of my people. You go. Moses said, me. What makes me qualified? I'm a man with an impaired speech. I can't go. Let me tell you something. Those of you who dodge responsibilities. God says, I'm the one who chose you. You didn't choose yourself. The moment you have or discovered that skill, that talent that made a pastor appoint you, that made your head in the office appoint you, the moment you discover it, just know that you did not choose yourself. God had chosen you by giving you that talent and skill. So denying to do what God has called you to do is a disobedience, an act of disobedience. 
I know disobedience is dangerous, even in the politic of the nation today. Even the governor say in their house, it is obedience. So if governors from the opposite party, opposition party, acknowledges that obedience is important for a, a successful nation, and it means that it is true, we need obedience to move forward. <laughs> Hallelujah. So obey the call. Whenever you are called to serve, it is a privilege. There is something inside of you that God has placed there. And then he said, who should I tell them when I go there? He said, go and tell them that the God of their fathers. But you know, God wanted his presence with them. Wanted to show them who he is. So they know him by El Shaddai. Now, the Hebrew word for that El is like a deity. So in Canaanites, or the Canaanites, Canaan, and the rest, they use that word El to refer to deities and gods. And then Israel, Israelites, in trying to show the nations that their own is the greater superior God. Now added the El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. But he said to Moses, when you get there, tell them the God of their father, Abraham and Isaac. And then he said, for I appear to them as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But this time, they are going to know who I am really. My real self. This is the first time I'm making myself known to them. Tell them, I am that I am sent you. Yahweh sent you. Tell them that I am who I am in every situation. In slavery, I am God. When you are in the valley, I am God. When you're on the mountain, I am God. Tell them I am. And God began to manifest himself in that dimension by saying, I will go with you. My presence will go with you. The Holy Spirit and the word of God gives a person or group of people the power to walk through life and will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit, if you have it, you have him. And the word of God gives a person, a church, a group of people, the power to walk through life. Many years ago, you know, last Sunday, I was in a church, and when the pastor was trying to introduce me to his members, and apparently was there, are you there? 
He said to them, this man, myself, with other people, in the late 70s and early 80s, we took the gospel upon our heads. We dared the rain, we dared the sun to preach the gospel. Everywhere. And do you know one thing that amazed the world then? What amazed them was that the men and women who were carrying this gospel with power were not learned. There were no graduates then. They were organizers. They were shoemakers. They were mechanics. But God endowed them with an uncommon wisdom from above. They were building houses, mansions, buying cars, marrying wives, doing the things that even the learned could not do. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit can do when he leads you. I know of a woman. What was her business? Her husband was working in the den Nepal. She was frying akara and yam. So committed in the church. The point her husband was disengaged from Nepal. Committed. From the buying of a frying of akara and yam, she bought a clean brand new 544 Peugeot car and gave to her husband to start a transport business. And her husband wrote Better Mrs. on it. He wrote Better Mrs. but did not seek what made that miracle happen. A woman was carrying the presence of God. The word of God was directing her on what to do. The journey of life will be easy for you if you allow the spirit of God, the presence of God to guide you. The journey through life will be easy for you if you allow the word of God to be your guide. Whatever you want to do, match it with the word of God. If the word of God does not support it, drop it. It does not matter how much passion you have for it. Doesn't matter. First John chapter 2, verse 24 to 27. First John 2. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. 25. And this is what he promised us. Eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you what? 27. As for you, the anointing you received from him from the day you gave your life to Christ. Say, so don't forget what you heard. You know, today most of us will believe God to save us. To give us salvation. But when we are sick, it's difficult to believe God for our healing. It is the same word that made you believe that you can give your life to him and he will transform you, that can also give you healing. Doesn't change. 
said, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. Abides in you. You don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has been taught to you, remain in him. Just as it has been taught to you, remain in him. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. There are those whose ministry is to discourage others. What Apostle John is saying here is beware. They discourage others. Because they are not doing well in church and you are doing so good, they will try to tell you it is not an everyday thing. My dear, I'm using my sense. They will never tell you their pains, that it has not been easy with them. They don't. You are a woman and you are always in every service in the church. Monday you are there, Wednesday you are there, prayer meetings you are there, and still church you are there. My sister, how do you do this thing? Use your common sense. There is no common sense with God. No common sense with God. Say, so be watchful and mindful of such people who want to talk you out of the plan of God for your life. Be mindful of those people who want to talk you out from the process that God is leading you through before he gets you into the promised land. Be mindful. Be careful of them. Let that which you heard remain in you. Sometimes they tell you the reason why your business is not going well is because you are too committed to church. How can being committed to the things of God make a man's business to fall? How can? How can? I told us on Wednesday that I want to thank God so much for the way he has led me through the path of life. Never known anything beside him. And him alone. Nothing. I've never had any reason to regret ever following him. Or my youth. Never regretted it. So I don't know who will come now to tell me that the word I heard from the beginning is not real. Because it has been working for me. I've been having challenges and problems perfectly well. But there are times I have prayed for something and it didn't happen the way I prayed. Sure. But I know there is someone in whose footprint I walk. As long as it is his footprint, I step into it in confidence. Believing that it will definitely lead me to the right place. So let his presence lead you. His presence also will provide protection for you, when God's presence is leading you, you will be protected from everything. I don't know how to describe, I don't know how to illustrate this. I don't know. But if you have watched one clip, I also saw on WhatsApp 
about a blind man who was walking and there was this dog that saw a stick, a log of wood that would have caused the man to fall. The dog quickly went there and blocked the road. The blind man didn't know what was happening. Didn't know that a dog was already directing his footsteps. That's how God leads us. When God is with you, he says, surely they will do what? Gather. But in vain will their gathering be. Because the presence of God is there to protect you, to lead you, to shield you. The psalmist has a word for you. In Psalm 324, what does he say there? Though I do what? Psalm 3. 23, I beg your pardon. And verse 4. Do we have Psalm 23, verse 4? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It doesn't matter where the troubles of life have taken me to. It doesn't matter how much I have suffered delay. It doesn't matter how far, how much I have prayed and answer have not come. Doesn't matter how long I have been struggling. Doesn't matter how many time I have invested and still I'm not getting results. It doesn't matter. The only confidence that I have is that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil because he is with me. His presence walks with me. I told us on Wednesday that that lady that sang that song was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I don't know how we do it, but I like. I don't know how you package it, but I. I don't know how you get me to where I am today, but I. Lord, only your presence could have made it happen. I know I wasn't down in the valley, and I never knew I would be who I am today. I know I have tried so many times and nothing seems to be working. But look, I am confident of your presence. For I know whom I have believed. For I am confident and that at a later day he shall cause me to comfort. Purified much more than God. The presence of God will guide you. Don't be afraid of witches. Don't be afraid of wizards. Don't be afraid of anything. Remain consistent in following him and let his word be your guide. Whenever you are down, seek his presence. When men and women are excited in his presence, lifting up their holy hands, shedding tears, worshiping him, and you are feeling empty, it is time to go on your knees Face down and seek his presence. When you discover that you don't see anything good in any person anymore, it is time to seek his presence. Because to the pure in heart, everything is pure. 
But to the corrupt mind, everything is corrupt. So whenever you find yourself in this situation, know that you need God's presence. Go on your nail. Go on fast. Pray. Say, God, refresh me with your presence. When pride takes over you, when you think you are the best, the presence of God has left you. You need his presence to come back. When you can't pray anymore, the presence has gone. You need to seek his presence. Because with his presence, you can subdue kingdoms. There is no mountain that you cannot climb with his presence. I'm telling you because I'm a testimony. Praise the Lord. His rod and staff will comfort you all the way. God's presence strengthens us to be steadfast in the faith. Matthew 28 verse 20b. His presence strengthens us. 20b verse 20. Matthew 28 verse 20b. He said, and surely I am with you. How many times? How many times? To the very end of the ages. If I tell you I will be with you, always doubt me. Please don't believe me. If your father tells you he will be with you all the way to the very end, don't believe him. Your mother don't believe him. Your best friend, don't believe him. Your husband and your wife tells you, I will be with you all the way. Don't believe him or her. But if God says, I will be with you always, believe him. Your husband can change his mind when you provoke him. The next time you come back home without money in your pockets, your wife will get angry with you. Any day you offend him or offend her, the story will change. Say, honey, how about that thing you promised me? I made a mistake when I promised you. I've changed my mind. But God does not change his mind when he leads you. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Our ability to do all things is dependent on connecting to his presence. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 13. Philippians 2 and verse number 13. For it is God who works in you. You need to note this scripture and read it, meditate over it day and night. For it is God who works in you to will. And to act in order to fulfill his good, what? Purpose. That's why he said, you have not called me, I called you. You have not chosen me, I choose you. He is the one who makes us willing in the first place to go. I said, the reason why he makes you willing to go and pushes you to act is in order to fulfill his good purpose Every man and woman has a purpose in his life. 
That is why there is nothing like nonsense. The Papa have told us that. Nothing like nonsense. Because if you, be, if you remove the none, you have what? And Papa said that something is nothing to you because you don't know the use. You don't know. Don't expect everybody to understand you. They don't have to understand you. They don't have to. But if God does not understand you, it should worry you. It should worry you. As for man, it's very important. They didn't give you the purpose. The purpose is from God for his own will on earth. So the best thing in life if you must excel, is to have God's presence. Exodus chapter 33, verse number 15, quickly. Exodus 33 and verse number 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. They have tested it. They had experienced it. They have seen the effect. And he said, God, if your presence does not go with us, please forget it. Don't send us away. Come to a point in your life where you say to anything, no matter how pleasing it is to you, I will not go into it if the presence of God will not lead me through. Reject it. The second experience we need to learn from them is baptized into Moses. That was like they were baptized into Moses. Verse number two. Of, let, let's read that verse number two in Amplified. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number two. Amplify, please. Let's do Amplify that verse number two. And all of them were baptized into who? Moses. Into his safe keeping as their leader in the cloud and in the sea. They were baptized into the leadership of Moses. Moses became to them a human deliverer. Moses to Israelites was a human mediator. Between them and the covenant of God. God does not make me. Sometimes when I read this Bible, I just realize that God doesn't make mistakes. From Genesis to Revelation, everything connects itself. To show you that God does not make a mistake. They were baptized into the leadership of Moses. They were baptized into the mediator the human mediator of the covenant. How many of us have been baptized into Christ? How many of us have been baptized into the leadership of Jesus? We say we are born again, but yet we allow our own will to prevail. That we are baptized into his leadership. Most of us don't want to be led. Most of us don't want to be instructed. Most of us want to do things our way. 
you know, outside the pitch, everybody is a wonderful coach. Outside the pitch, everybody is a wonderful coach. Imam, what are you doing there? You should have just used your left leg to, with less effort and his goal. Oh, this goalkeeper called they're doing. You should have stayed by the left. What, what are you doing at the right? And tomorrow you are called in to go and replace him. You have the ball to just use your left head leg. You use your two hand and your two leg and commit foul. Leadership is not an easy thing. Leadership is not an easy thing. That's why Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit said, Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant as we run this race. Not to learn from the experience of the Israelites during their journey through the wilderness. I don't want you to be ignorant. They were united with Moses and submitted to his leadership. Yes. For time of complaint because they did not understand. At the point they even told Moses and said, is it you that God created? Only you hears from him. Only you, Moses. Me too, I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I can also hear from God. The Bible said that God was angry with them. The fact that salvation of Christ is cheap does not make it free. You receive this. It's cheap to you in your eyes, but he paid a price. Paid a price. Through Moses, God delivered them. God also made the Red Sea a lane for Israel. And a graveyard for the Egyptians. What was like a lane, a passageway for the people of God became graveyard for others. That is what you get either way, depending on who you are following. If truly you are baptized into Christ and you obey him, you allow him to direct you. You allow him to guide you. Every place you pass will become a lane, a passageway for you. But when your enemies want to pass, it becomes a graveyard for them. Graveyard. That is why I say, child of God, follow him and don't follow him halfway. Be determined to follow him all the way. In conversations, in your dealings, in your speech, any way, make sure you follow him closely. You have nothing to lose. Nothing, absolutely. I assure you. Exodus uh, chapter 14, verse 22. Exodus 14, 22, 23, and 28. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. With a wall of water on their right and on their left. 23. The Egyptians pursued them. 
You know, sometimes the things you leave behind to follow this God will pursue you. Things you have left behind. Told us a songwriter wrote a song where he said, Does Jesus care when I said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? As my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks, does he care enough to be near? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His eyes is still on my life. When the days are dreary, the long night never seems coming to an end. I know my Savior cares. You have said goodbye to those things. Oh, I've said goodbye to cheating. And hunger will come. The things you say goodbye is fighting back. You are tempted to go back to cheating. It is a time to stand face to face to the devil and say, look. I've got my mind made up. And I won't turn back. Because I'm I've got my mind. So when they cried and said to Moses, were there no grave in Egypt where we would die and be buried? Why bring us here to die? Because behind them, they saw what they had given up pursuing them. And before them, there seemed not to be any hope. The Red Sea was there. They said, Moses, you would have left us to die in Egypt. At least somebody will mourn and bury us. Why bring us here? And even Moses at that point was confused. I told you, I preached a message somewhere in one church titled, Who Killed the Pastor? There are some times with your own mouth you make the pastor confused. Yes. Times you are not supportive to your pastor, he gets confused. Times he calls you and you are not there, he gets confused. And Moses listened to them at a point in time and said, God, is this the reason why you have called me? And God said, shut up. Have I ever failed anyone who carries my presence with him? Never. So what is in your hand? He said, God, is it possible to deliver a people with just a stick in my hand? And God said, what are you talking about? Am I not the one who gave you that purpose, who called you? Everything I have created you which is important and powerful. That is why Paul said to Timothy, don't let any man speak against the little talent that is in you, that gift that is in you. Don't let anyone, any man talk you down. Say, Moses, what do you have? He said, I have but a mere rod, Father. He said, that rod has been given to you for a time like this. God gives you men when it's convenient for him, not when you need them. The rod was given to him years ago. But that was the time to use it. So strike it. Strike the river with that rod. And Moses did bam. And the Bible says that the sea divided. The Egyptians pursued them. And Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into where? Verse number 28. The water flowed back. Covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them did what? Survived. 
you are afraid of your enemies is because you are not committed. You are not baptized, fully baptized into Christ. That's why you are afraid of them. That's why you are afraid of them. He made way for them. They passed through. And they came to rejoice. Let us also pass through. Who told you you will pass? Papa said that great classmate is not what? Grace mate. You can't challenge a man that is carrying grace. The more you challenge him, as na before. As for pursuing, they will pursue you. But please pray for them not to pursue you, to pursue you with caution. Because the lane you pass through is likely going to become a graveyard for them. Jesus died for us, taking our place and united us through his body. That's why we are one in Christ. Show concern. Every day I tell us to call one another. Show concern. Show concern. Show concern for one another. Show concern. Identify with people in their pain. The baptism identifies us with Christ. Death and resurrection. When we are baptized in Christ, we are identified with his death and resurrection. We're rounding up here. Romans 6 and verse number 4. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4. Where we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live new life. Always seek all the experience of a child of God. It's very important for you. That processes. The moment you give your life. I told us, I came out to give my life to Christ up to nine times. I wanted to be sure. Every now and then, those of you who are here, not giving your life to Christ, come out. I fall out. Speed with, you know, speed of the light. I kept giving my life to Christ. Until the ninth time, I was convinced. Now. That I am born again. Then the journey started. Asking to baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. He kept silent on me. As if I was making noise. Father, baptize me in the power of the Holy Spirit. He kept quiet on me. Until the day he came upon me. Breathed upon me. I knew that something had changed. We are baptized into him to be identified with Christ. Seek those processes. So many times a lot of believers live contrary to the calling that we have received. So contrary. You know what God wants to give each and every one of us is not the prosperity that we seek every day. Men are rich, but they are empty. Billionaires, richest men in Africa, richest men in the world. They have, they don't have, and they are looking for what you have. Look at all of you here. You have sons and daughters. Some of these who are powerful in terms of money. Not wealth, money. Looking for what you have. 
You are looking for what you have. Sometimes we read and we follow the actions of the Israelites, but fail in our own expectations. You know, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to condemn. Like we just prayed for our committee members. Tomorrow they take a decision. Someone is there complaining. One is there, he didn't say it right. He didn't judge it right. That's not the way. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not. And you have not taken time to go to him and say, Brother Johnson, I'm sorry. I heard this is your decision. This is your position. Please, why, what prompted that decision? That's a purpose for everything. He will explain to you. He will. So don't be quick. Romans 6, verse 4 to 6. Romans 6, verse 4 to 6. I think we draw the curtain there. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new world, a new life. Because we are like types of trees and God expects each fruit. That's best each and every one of us to bear fruits. Matthew 3 and verse number 8. Matthew 3 and verse number 8. You have produced fruits in keeping with what? Produce fruit 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 in keeping with what? If your fruit... Is not in accordance with the purpose of Christ, then you have every reason to go and begin to think again. We are supposed to be the agents of change in our world, we are supposed to influence our world. But it's painful. Very painful that the world is influencing us. We are supposed to be initiating those dancing steps. But it's shameful, it's unfortunate that the world are the one introducing the dancing steps. Our children are supposed to be the reference point of Christian children. It's unfortunate that our children. And the reference point of evil, evil communication. Learn, the Bible says, from the experience of the Israelites. They succeeded by allowing the God's presence to go with them. They did not reject him. They were baptized, they allowed themselves to be baptized into the leadership of Moses, into the body of Christ. Before the Lord began to feed them miraculously. Say, today I have placed before you a choice. Choices. Life and death. But I admonish you. Choose life. That you may do what? Live. Shall we rise on our feet? Whenever I pray. You answer me.
Wherever I stand, you stand with me. Wherever I go, you go with me. Father, I pray, you go with me. Go with me. Go with me. Father, I pray, go with me, stay with me, stay with me, Father, I pray, stay with me. Are you going to jump your hands and say that prayer, prayer for Whenever I pray, Lord, you answer me. Whatever I stand, stand with me. Whatever I go, please go with me. I pray the Father. Go with me. Go with me. Stay with me all the way. I don't know what you are facing at this point in time. For some of us, it might be sickness. For some of us, it might be disease. For some of us, there is something, there is a situation you have found yourself in. You don't know how to come out. For some of us, there is a battle that is raging in our life. For some of us, there is something we have been expecting from him. This time, let your prayer be, stay with me, O oh God. Walk with me through this pain. Go with me all the way, O oh Lord. In this pain, I pray to you, Father, stay with me. In these challenges, Father, stay with me. In this temptation, Father, stay with me. In this moment of confusion, Father, stay with me. You may have suffered so much loss. The pain is too much. The burden is weighing you down. Say, Lord, please stay with me. Let your presence go with me. I have been abandoned. I have been forsaken. Those who should help me have abandoned me, turned their back against me. The things I cherish so much, I am losing. Please stay with me, oh God. Go with me. The storm is raging. But stay with me, O oh God. They have called me names. Can't raise my head anymore because of shame. Please stay with me, O oh God. Walk with me, O oh God. Can't control my child anymore. Don't know where he got this character. 
Don't know where she picks this character. Don't know what is happening with my children. Father, in this moment, stay with me. I need you to walk with me. I need you, oh God, to stand with me. I need you, oh God, to hear me. I need you, oh God, to answer me. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.